Hello, and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. On this show, we're discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And this week, we'll be talking about chapter 16, just as soon as we finish the most awkward toast in dinner party history. Oh, boy. Yikes. <laughs> Some people just want to eat rabbit tongue. Right, in special sauce. Some special sauce. Like, Drink I'm... a little in- wine. <laughs> incredibly hungover right now and um very hoarse from yelling and this the every time i came across you know a description of what they were eating i was just a bit like oh this is not <laughs> i shouldn't be reading this right now it does uh, I, i'm torn between oh that sounds interesting and oh okay yeah i it's i mean no Mushroom I, I, yeast could be something interesting that I would try. I mean, I know it's not your favorite, but Game of Thrones has good food. Do they? I, I wouldn't know. They do. I have a cookbook mm. as well. And it's like modern version. Because so many of the recipes are, are you know, older, like medieval recipes. Mm-hmm. There's like a medieval version and then a modern version. Oh, sure, all, sure. You know, Red Fair food, but. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know yeah. if uh, what kind of crossover we would have with this show on on our podcast, but the um, I don't know if you ever saw the the UK series, The Supersizers Go. Mm-mm. Okay, so it's that it was like you know basically the two hosts like had to live like at as a period of British history for a week, and they had to like eat the foods they ate and you know dress how they dressed and stuff like that. Okay. Kind of like, you know, they were trying to do like the super size me thing. That's the mm-hmm. where the title comes from. But, you know, some of the like, um, oh, gosh, I think it was the Reformation episode. It was just the most disgusting thing because like there was no water, much like Arrakis, no water. Yeah. Like nobody drank water because you die if you drink the water. So it's basically mm-hmm. just all this like heavy, salty, greasy meat and wine. <laughs> And that's oh, all gosh. it was. I would die. I would. I would die. I was there's, sick. I couldn't eat. I didn't eat meat for like a week after I watched that. You know, there's always this. There's always a moment in romance novels where the heroine mm-hmm. wishes that she could just eat. Yeah. Because you know, ladies don't eat. Sure. And sometimes they just do, and those are always very fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, depending on the time period, you're like, no, you're better off. Yeah. It's like, no, really. Mm-hmm. Or if I like read one and they're like, oh, she sipped a glass of water. And I'm like, no, don't drink that water. The water is oh, poison. No. Now you'll never eat again. I know. <laughs> internal organs are all now liquid. Oh, yeah. why have Ugh. you done this? That's horrible. It's <laughs> just, just horrible. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but... Um, as it is, you know, the food on Arrakis, you know, Lady Jessica, I feel like she's doing her best, um, serving some yeah. delicacies of both Arrakis and Kaladin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Oops. should we, should we jump into the chapter then? Yes. Cause this week it's, it's a party and yeah. no one's having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's much like everyone's family reunions. It's, it's awkward. Everyone's yeah. peering. Mm-hmm. Uh, suspiciously, there are three new women, and they yeah. are all terrible. Yeah, yeah. What <laughs> a monkey's paw! We wanted more women, and uh, we got them. All right. So, uh, this week's epigraph comes from the collected sayings of Muad'Dib by the Princess Arulen. 
Greatness is a transitory experience. It is never consistent. It depends in part upon the myth-making imagination of humankind. The person who experiences greatness must have a feeling for the myth he is in. He must reflect what is projected upon him, and he must have a strong sense of the sardonic. This is what uncouples him from belief in his own pretensions. The sardonic is all that permits him to move within himself. Without this quality, even occasional greatness will destroy a man. This is just something Paul said? Yeah. Just casually? Yeah. Just, okay. Well, he's a wordy boy. What great conversations he's had. had yeah, I know. Everyone. Like, what amazing pillow talk. Paul oh, is not. just full. Well, not in this case, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is more awkward front room talk. Sure, sure. <laughs> So they're having a dinner party. Yes. In the fancy banquet hall with the bloody bull's head on one end and the mm-hmm. oil painting of the Duke, the old Duke, on the other. Yep. The darkly glistening oil painting of the old Duke is how it's described, which yeah. gross. <laughs> I don't like things to be described as glistening. That's it's every scene in in a spooky movie where someone sees a terrible painting and goes, oh, you know, that person looks terrifying. And someone mm-hmm. says, oh, that's my father. It's an excellent likeness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like every time. Right. <laughs> every hammer horror that has a, a suspicious painting right. of someone. Or in this case, a beautiful photo on canvas of mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal. Right, and, and we're going to continue to rally for this. You Until know, this movie is in the theaters. We're going to insist, yeah. <laughs> if we get to the theaters and there's not a painting of Pedro Pascal, we're getting up and leaving. No. <laughs> I'm going to Photoshop it in when it comes out right. on, on video. <laughs> so I, I don't know how to do that, but I know people who do. Oh, yeah, totally. We'll get friend of the show, Josh Hollis, to, to render <laughs> something for us. Um. So there is a lot going on in this chapter, if you couldn't tell from our intro. Um, Yeah, this dinner party, there are a lot of characters moving around, a lot of conversation happening, a lot of Mm. people thinking at each other. (laughs) I mean, we, we get like internal monologue from Jessica, Paul, Leto, uh, Liette, um... I think that's uh, maybe Gurney. I'm not sure. But yeah, lots of people like we're, we're hopping through a lot of heads this chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're introduced to a bunch of new people mm-hmm. uh, from the hierarchy of, of Arrakis. Uh, I don't think most of them ever show up again, but here they all I are. I don't think so. You're right. <laughs> no, we kind of leave this whole sort of societal scene. Mm hmm. Uh, there is, so we've got, there's a, a guy who makes still suits, but I don't mm. think we ever get his name, but they're bad still suits. Yeah, he's just called the still, the still suit manufacturer. He has brought a lady who may or may not, I don't think is his wife, so I think. Wasn't it his just, daughter? I thought he brought his He brought his daughter, his daughter but he yeah. also, I believe, brought another lady. Okay. Like, he has a... I think it's there's his daughter and then there's his female companion. I assume they're mm. they're different. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I'm not now. I feel like I'm I'm not entirely sure because I feel like whenever they mention the daughter, they specifically say it's his daughter. Mm-hmm. But I might have just. But anyway, so he brought his daughter, mm-hmm. who acts like an airhead but is not. Yes, it's she all is faking. 
and she's she's trying to mac on Paul. Mm-hmm. Um. I love that, uh, not to jump too far ahead, but Lady Jessica realizes that they were trying to sort of lure Paul with sex. And she was like, ah, ha, dummies. <laughs> like, my son's not having sex. <laughs> it just Jessica. made me laugh. It's just like, Jessica, this is inappropriate. I mean, uh, she, she just... did mean his training, but the way it reads is she's just like, oh, pfft. Not My worried. Kid? No. <laughs> nah. That guy? He's, he's not seeing any action. He, he sleeps in a fish bed. Right. <laughs> As we've said, that is kind of the equivalent of a a sixteen year old still sleeping in the race car bed. So <laughs> he's uh he's got a special room with a with a, with a fish bed. He's he's not doing anything with the ladies. Right. He's not too worried. She's about just it. like oh, I'm not worried. Uh. <laughs> poor Paul. Also, there's apparently a ton of girls, and they're all, you know, flirting they're with him. They're all fawning over him and giggling over him and very into him. He's but, just sort of like, uh, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't really start with any of them, do we? Start with, with the Duke. Yes. Who is still, oh, still Futility. just feeling, feeling Futility. everything. Yes, futility by Calvin Klein. He is. He didn't really want to have this dinner. Oh, he is a lot. Super threw a fit because it's too early to have a dinner mm-hmm. for security purposes. Although mm-hmm. it's really not, as Jessica points out, like to herself, it's not too early because they have to start moving amongst the people. Mm-hmm. Like they can't just, you know, be, you know, in their proverbial house in the hill and not speak to anyone. They have to start moving in society, mm-hmm. uh, which you'd think Super would know. Like this is yeah, making it really think. seem like he only like he has no concept of sort of the, the greater importance of things. And he obviously must. He probably just didn't want to have a dinner party because Jessica suggested it. Right. <laughs> also, I don't think he's at the party. So no foof- no dinner for you, Foofer. No, I, I, I mean, Gurney is at the party, but uh, he's there. Yeah. He's kind of lingering in the background until he has to step up. Right. Um, Duncan Idaho is there. He's been called back in from from the Fremen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's there to spy on Jessica. Yeah. Under the guise of protecting What a great her. guy. I just did air quotes. Again, this is an audio <laughs> podcast. Uh, but he's looking good. He's all, he's wearing his fancy uniform. But he's he's got a lot of internal rage. A lot of internal, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I can't think of a word now. Futility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's dealing with a lot. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get into later, but he's mostly just kind of there now and he gets referenced here and there when everyone's reacting to things. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of hand sim- hand gestures in this chapter. <laughs> like everyone's right. everyone's doing like everyone's hand signaling. Each other, and... Yeah. Which I would again be terrible at. I'd be like, what? what? I, yeah, I have no what? subtlety. I am <laughs> just the most biggest gesture obvious person in the world we yeah were recently at a very big sort of dinner party and i think if anyone had tried to do a subtle gesture to me from down the table <laughs> i'd have been going what me? i i <laughs> do, me no her <laughs> who yeah and everyone would go i think they're they're plotting something <laughs> no <laughs> certainly not this is why we shall have fans again you can hide yeah. stuff behind a fan 
Nobody's right. got fans here. Although I feel like they would. It, I mean, it's I'm very actually warm. pretty surprised that they don't because that does seem like the perfect like opportunity to you know for subterfuge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this dinner is one of the scenes that. Well, I won't say it's never been adapted because it's, mm. it seems like such a good sort of theatrical scene. Yeah. You know, everyone's dressed up. There's a lot of, you know, glances and gestures. Uh, everyone's got a lot of jewelry on except for Jessica. Mm-hmm. And the Atreides themselves are always in uniform. Uh, but I think I think in the miniseries it's there, but it's it's different. They've changed it um, in the miniseries. I think that's the one where Vrulin shows up mm-hmm. in her butterfly yeah. dress. Right. She just bursts in like, hello, <laughs> butterflies. I made this for this event. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she went all out at Michael's. <laughs> I believe there's a picture of a screen cap of that on our Instagram. Please go check it out. It's amazing. Yeah. I um, mean, the dress, the hat, the whole thing. Pretty great. So Lito does not want to have this party and he mm-hmm. immediately starts off. By first, we get a little. I get why these sorts of things have to happen, but I do. They're always a little eye rolling in books where he's discussing, he's thinking about the poison snooper mm-hmm. that is up in the chandelier. Yeah. And he's thinking about, you know, how it's this part of their lives that they all have to exist with it. And then, you know, will somebody try to poison us in our drinks? Will someone try to poison our food? But he mm-hmm. uses the phrases for that, which. Oh, yeah. It's to they... tell us, the audience, what that mm-hmm. means. But why would he think that? Right. <laughs> it just seem a little silly. Let me see if I can find the phrases in the glossary back here. They started with a C. It's, yeah, uh, one, oh, here we go. It's chamurki, which is poison in the drink. Right. And shao, or maybe shao, shalmus, which is poison shalmus. in the food. Right. And, I mean, maybe they're not in the glossary, but. No, they just... are. Yeah, well, then there's no reason he should be thinking that. <laughs> like, that's just, I get why people, I get why it's in there. I get that it's just exposition. Mm-hmm. But especially when you have that much internal monologue, there is a little bit of. Yeah. It's a little chewy. Yeah, when I think about ordering pizza, I'm not like, oh, pizza. <laughs> Dough with sauce and cheese. Right. <laughs> we will order my pizza. <laughs> What sauce shall I get? Uh, there's a lot of water. Yes. There's so it, much about water this chapter. It's water, yeah. water, water. This is like, because I feel like we kind of have moved past. I mean, we did like in the last chapter where we it came up because of the still suits, mm-hmm. the very elaborate still suit description. So there was <laughs> discussion of water. And of course, we had Dr. Kynes, who is water fat shaming. The whole time. The whole time. But I feel like like the water has just been kind of touched on the last couple chapters unless like, you know, water is so precious. Um, this chapter, it is like front and center, like water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From the very beginning, because everyone, mm-hmm. every table, every, I'm sorry, every like seating at the table has yeah. a container of water at it yeah and he thinks that you know this ent- this table could support an entire family for a year of that much yeah. water mm-hmm. 
And then he also notices, so there's this this custom that I guess the Harkonnen had started or at least encouraged. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would say that they started it necessarily, but I'm also not sure exactly how long they were in charge. So if it's been generations, then maybe. Yeah. But I also think that he might just assume it was the Harkonnen because (laughs) he hates them so very much. Right. Basically, when people walk in, there are big basins of water with towels. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is when you walk into the house, you kind of just dip your hands into the water and then splash a bunch on the floor. Yeah. And then you take one of the towels and just sort of throw that into the puddle. And then they take, the servants take up the towels and give the water that they squeeze out of it to beggars at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, Super awesome. What a great, great tradition. Like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, this is some, well, some colonizer bullshit. Yeah. Uh, at the big house party tonight at the big house. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lido is just like, you know what? We're not doing this. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, we're done. <laughs> so he decides that he's just stopping that. He calls one of the servants over and says, you know, you're not doing this. And... He just, she's like, well, uh, but we always do this. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And he says the whole time they're eating and until the party is done, everyone who comes to the door can have a, like just a cup of water. Just yeah. On. But see, she's mad because he, you know, figures out instead of giving away the rags, of course, they were selling them. And mm-hmm. she was probably, you know, making some change off of that herself. So I don't know. It's... It, uh, it's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so very specific, uncomfortable. Specific reference to the fact that she's Fremen. Right. Although, I mean, but that seems like such an unfremen thing to do. But mm-hmm. I mean, she's got to, you know, she's got to make money. And she, uh, But uh, he also says he's posting a guard to make sure that he mm-hmm. doesn't, that, you know, they don't. That they follow his orders. orders. Yeah. And no one is happy about this. Uh, no everyone is is pissed about it uh so he walks into the party and everyone's just hanging out having a little conversation a little pre-dinner pre-dinner mm-hmm. chats uh and then he's yeah he starts thinking about how he's getting old which i don't want to hear okay that is this the time for that <laughs> like... Like, dude we have not come get to the party <laughs> go to your party <laughs> uh i do like how everyone they they do all sort of act like it's like the worst possible like cannot imagine how many parties they probably had to throw on Caladan. Like, stop acting like you've never been to a fancy dinner. <laughs> I know. Like, you know darn well you have to do this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of part of part of the whole, like, being nobility and, you know, having a fiefdom kind of gig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got the steel suit manufacturer, mm-hmm. an electronics equipment importer. Yes. Uh, a water shipper. Yes. Who has a mansion near the Polar Cap where his family is. And is a real great guy. Just the coolest oh, dude. Boy. Yeah. He's an odd little duck. Yeah. Uh, a representative from the Guild Bank, who mm-hmm. we hear many times, is very tall and skinny. Yes. 
I believe at one point, Kynes thinks of him as a pale skeleton, which I enjoy right? very much. Yes, I enjoy that. Anytime there's just a, a skeleton mm. taking part in festivities, it makes me happy. <laughs> it's just like what it, it's like a, you know, I'd imagine just, you know, a, like a Doug Jones character. Yeah. It's just sort of standing there like, oh, hello. <laughs> um, I mean, that's but, pretty good, actually. Yeah. I hope they got Doug in for this. Come him all the work he wants mm-hmm. uh a, a woman who does not speak right who is who runs an escort service for off-planet visitors yeah but it's supposedly a cover for smuggling yeah um they are i am not entirely certain in what capacity we're supposed to take escort i mean i just assumed the traditional capacity <laughs> Like I guess the I traditional just didn't definition of, of that as, as that kind of phrasing at the time this book was written, but I mm. mean, I what do I know? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not later, sure. In the, I realized that in the next chapter there is a reference to one of, I guess, the women that came with her that work for mm. her, and that all kind of also sounds like an escort, like yeah. But I guess yeah. So we'll just say that she's, I guess, like a madam. Yeah. Uh but a but secret she does not smuggler. Speak, yeah. But a secret smuggler and like spy master. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the women are just very fancy. Mm-hmm. But um, Jessica's very toned down. Yeah, she mm-hmm. has no jewelry on. Mm-hmm. She's wearing orange, you know, a fire like orange red dress. Yeah, and then like a, a brown headband, which I'm assuming she's got kind of like a Regency Kurt updo thing with like the little ribbons. That's kind of what I was wondering. If or she's like a bando. I'm, I'm hoping it's not just like push back, like she's about to wash her face or something. <laughs> right. I mean, I I thought of it wearing it as like a circlet. That's okay. What I yeah. Yeah. But that's brown, which all right. mm-hmm. yeah. But he knows that this is all to poke at him because mm-hmm. one, these are his favorite colors to see her in, and two, she looks warm and he's been really cold to her. Yeah. So. That's very subtle. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't know if I could get away with that kind of subtlety. I'm going to be honest. Right. <laughs> no, like there's no way. If I walked in and just like, haha, you see this? Like, what? what? <laughs> nice dress. I, I mean, I really do nice. have, <laughs> I do have this one, like, now, never mind. I'm not getting into it. <laughs> it's like, it's too personal for the show. <laughs> Cut. Anyway. Um, and then Duncan Idaho is just standing there mm-hmm. in his dress uniform. Sparkling dress uniform. Sparkling. I think just they say. Glittering. glittering Which I, this is what I, I, that's what I was picturing. That there was, it was just very like glittery and, you know, like lots of shine. <laughs> He's wearing, he borrowed something from Elton John. Right. It's a very sequined blazer. <laughs> I love it. I'm um, into it. And he's just. Standing, you know, in the corner, mm-hmm. quote unquote, guarding Lady Jessica. Mm-hmm. And then Paul's in the corner, surrounded by some of the younger crowd. Most of them are young ladies, like hitting yeah. on him. And, the Duke and they're is kind of like, oh, look at that. Yeah. He'll be a good Duke. And then he's like, oh, my mortality. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, Leo, I, calm I, down. I mean, I know and you know. <laughs> That he is correct to be thinking yes. about these sorts of things. However, he does not know this. You know, um, I have to th- say, like, this is 
uh, on this reread, this whole thing with Leto and all of his like, oh, I feel my death looming and all oh, futility and all of this stuff, like it's so heavy handed. And I did not realize reading it the first couple times I read it, how heavy handed it, uh -huh. it's handled. But you, I don't know. I, I do like that they say basically up front, like, oh, he's going to die. Like mm -hmm. that said pretty much in the first chapter. Like he he's not long for the world. Don't get too attached to Leto. Like the reader knows what's going to happen. Basically everyone keeps saying it, but it's just like, it's, I, I feel like Herbert is just beating it over the head here. And I yeah. look at something like one of our favorite books, it <laughs> where <laughs> the reader knows in the beginning that Stanley spoiler alert, that Stanley is, is going to die. Like yes. Stanley kills himself very early in the book. But then that that definitely like sorry if you only saw first the first part of that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is why I, they shouldn't have chopped it up that way. Yes, I and this is this was my thing with that is that it colors all of the interactions that you know mm -hmm. with with that character through the rest of the book because we know that he you know that he is going to die, <laughs> but yeah. like he doesn't know and his friends don't know and like a lot it just makes it. It's so well done and very poignant and makes the character much richer because it's not constantly beating us over the head with the fact exactly. that he's going to die. So I, I feel like there were probably better ways to execute this. It really is bothering me, Megan. <laughs> and I mean, and I think that that is something that can be, yeah, like that, again, just, I think that's very common. That's so common in Stephen King where there'll mm -hmm. be, you know, there's always references to... That would be the last time that she ever saw him or yeah. this, you know. But I never, you know, it, it never takes anything away. Because right. Because even if you know that, it's just, sometimes it's a relief, you know, like mm -hmm. something really harrowing is happening to someone and then, you know, he'll throw in a, you know, 30 years from now, she would stop and remember and you're just like, oh, but okay, but she gets through yeah. this. All right. Yeah. Phew. Um, but it doesn't take anything away from it. And this is just, yeah, so just, did we mention he's going to die? Mm -hmm. Wow, he's going to die. It's going to be so sad. Yeah. It's so tragic. At this point, I'm just like, I'm just ready okay. for you to shuffle off because I'm so sick of hearing about how you're going to die. Like it's, you know, things it's too much. Are going to, you know, he has to die for some things to be set in motion. And at this point, you're just kind of waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I'm reading it so slowly this time because we're doing this week by week. I mean, I'm reading in time with the podcast, obviously, but it just feels like it it's so much more now than it was like on my previous reads of this book. I don't know. I guess mm -hmm. I felt like I had a lot more sympathy and empathy for, for him in previous read throughs. But this time around, I'm just like, dude... It's too much. You gotta, you gotta bring it down a notch. <laughs> anyway, that's just me. Also, I just don't know how much. I, I'm not entirely sure how much time has gone by since the mm -hmm. last chapter and then this one. So, you would think that at some point, only because this is the plot point that makes me the angriest. Mm -hmm. You'd think that at some point in all this like spying and watching, that Duncan Idaho would have realized mm -hmm. that Jessica isn't doing anything. It's you think you'd like, be like, hey, why am I why am I watching her again? Like nothing is happening. Mostly she's just sort of running the house and yeah. taking care of the kid and I mean running a house is a lot of work. Yeah. 
you know, and I mean, she's probably doing, I don't know, like some Betty Jo's or like meditation or something, but Hmm. it's just, okay, so how long have you been watching her that you haven't realized that absolutely nothing is happening? Were you just waiting for something to happen? Because that's just a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, it's definitely a waste of ours. It's definitely a waste of ours. And you could have been living it up in the desert, dude. Yeah. Hanging out with Stilgar. Yeah, like you two were really like you were becoming like really good friends. Yeah. And now hmm, that's, that sucks for everyone. Now you're just here in your sparkly uniform. <laughs> I refuse to to think of it as any other way. It is just very spangled. Standing around being a real, just a real goober. Yeah. Um. So no one is happy that Leto has changed this Mm-mm. this uh, tradition. The water shipper, particularly not, whose name is Lingar Butte. Butte, yes. Great name. <laughs> Great name. That is, that is a character name where yeah. somebody was like, shit, I need to give this guy a name. See, and this is why people think that Dune ripped off Star Wars, even though because like... people pe- have names like Lingar Butte, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. Like, um yeah he but he also like throws out you know since they're on the subject of water he kind of like throws it out there like for everyone to hear hey what are you doing with that conservatory with all that all those plants and stuff and all that water and leto's just leto's already pissed like the thing with the 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 custom with the bowls and the towels like he was just furious over that like (laughs) beyond furious over that and like he's still pissed and this guy is needling him and i'm just like waiting for him to blow up but of course jessica steps in and smooths everything over yeah because he you know the the water shipper is already kind of poking around asking if it's true that they're going to do weather control Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously if Arrakis suddenly has bountiful fresh water he, then he's he, out of a job out of his business yeah um and then he okay, tells... Okay, listen, coal miner, you can learn to install solar panels. Talk to the electronics equipment importer, who's got <laughs> some sweet deals on some v- VCRs that he's taken yeah. across space. Um, you know, someone asks Leto if it's an order that this custom has to stop everywhere, and he's just like, look, I'm leaving that to you. Mm-hmm. But here in this house, it's done. Yeah. Um. One lady does start to say that she thinks it's really generous to give water, and then she starts to say to the, and someone shuts her up because Kynes walks up, but it's like, ooh, <laughs> what was Sally about to say? <laughs> like, oh boy. Yeah. Um, he's he's the mm-hmm. one with, seems to be the one with all the authority at the table, more yeah. so even than the Duke. Yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he wants to know if they're going to keep throwing the conservatory in everyone's faces. And Jessica says, well, we, we're still going to have it, but only because we're hoping that one day all of Arrakis will be like that. And then it won't be such a big deal. Because... Yeah, she says specifically we're keeping it in trust mm-hmm. for the people of Arrakis so that when it can support that kind of vegetation, you know, it, it will be there for them. Uh, and she says, you know, it is our dream that the climate of Arrakis may be changed sufficiently to grow such plants anywhere in the open, at which point kinds is basically just like wait what what <laughs> yeah he does a an audible like <laughs> double take yay yeah Alito like looks over and kinds is basically just staring straight at jessica like bah? <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Because it turns out that that's part of the prophecy is, and they shall share your most precious dream. Right. And this so, is his most precious dream. Yes. Uh, so it's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> He's like, hey, really wait well a minute. The this guy's basically just like, blah. <laughs> at first is like you know he's staring at her like a man in love or in a religious trance and it's like either of those i feel would be a little uncomfortable to see someone staring at your significant mm-hmm. other in. i'd be kind of oh, like excuse me for Come sure here <laughs> um beg pardon duke here <laughs> yeah uh, um that is my woman not my wife but nope, my woman nope, nope. <laughs> uh so then he kinds asks jessica if she has brought the shortening of the way mm-hmm which, again, just, like, this group of people, but everyone kind of ignores it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he said something weird. Okay. Except Jessica did not reply, but she's, like, internally freaking out, like, oh, shit. <laughs> because, because shortening of the way is, like, another term for... It's what... It's what Quizach Hadarak means. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, um, so he's just basically blurted it out <laughs> at the dinner table. Um, and then she's just sort of like, wait, what? And then uh, what I really like in this, because it happens several times, is that when that, after he says that, um, Jessica walks over to Lido and, you know, takes his arm mm-hmm. as a way to like calm herself. And I like that several times in this chapter, she does things to cover up the reaction that she's having. Mm-hmm. Like she'll, you know, pour a glass of wine or she'll take a bite of food or something. Because mm-hmm. it's both very like it's it's a very good uh it's very crafty mm-hmm. but it's also just something that's very normal because yeah. I think everyone's done that yeah you, know, you have that that beat where you're just sort of like wait who just said what like let me just take a sip of this <laughs> hmm, yes well i well i ponder what you just yeah. said yeah and she does it so smoothly mm-hmm. there's also a point where she frowns at leto because of something he says and he's just like what? She's not pretty when she frowns, but it'll uh, make yeah, everyone, it it'll like, make everyone think that we're mad at each other. It's like, fuck oh, you, Lido. Yeah. <laughs> not this? having it today. So, also, I don't think Yui is here. He can't come to the. He's either. not. Mm-mm. No, no dinner for you either, sir. No, but you know who is there. Um, the Gurney. entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Gurney and his ballast. He, he as he takes out his balisade, he plays a few Ed Sheeran hits. It's all good. It's like Gurney, no, you gotta stop. <laughs> you oh, know, actually, it's requested. Actually, you know who would have been great. Like no shade to Josh Bullen, but you know who would have been great. And the more I think about it, Jack White. <laughs> have Jack White play Gurney Halleck. Like Jack White's, you know. He's fine, but... He's in Cold Mountain. Right. He's acted before, and he can sing. That's, probably play the, the ballast just fine. Because he was in that Jarmusch movie, but he's playing himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's just suddenly accompaniment. It's just suddenly Meg White appears, just drumming. <laughs> like, that would be great. from? I mean, if who was it? Was it Sigurros that was on Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah. So and Ed I mean, Sheeran. Yeah, I mean, I saw that. <laughs> he didn't sing though, so it doesn't really no, count. That's true. He was he just didn't. there. He was just there for like a three-second scene. I mean, if I had that kind of 
pole, I would do that. You know, I was kind I'd of the hoping. worst for that. Oh, great. This is very niche, but you'll understand. Okay. So, you know, at the end of the last Twilight movie where they show everybody that was in all of the movies. Yes. In the credits, like, I wish they had done that with Game of Thrones so we could have seen like, <laughs> the pointless, like, Ed Sheeran just one more time. The that best would have been part so funny. Of that Twilight credit sequence is that they had to acknowledge the two victorious. I know. It's so dumb. <laughs> Which, I mean, obviously, like, that's happened in movies before. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that they were like. Oh, yeah, we recast that- this actress for no reason. For this nothing character. Well, by the time... Yeah, I mean, well, I think by the third one, that was, like, her most important part. She still barely does anything. Yeah, I mean, she's barely in it. She's barely... Anyway, let's not get started on the Twilight <laughs> movies. I could talk all day. But, yeah, so I remember that very well. And, like, literally every tiny side character just, like... It's so funny. Hello, it's and also so me. Funny. Remember like, me who... from this movie? No, I don't, actually. Like, who could care? <laughs> but I wish they had done that with Game of Thrones so we could see all the ridiculous stunt casting. Just everyone. They should have done that before every episode of Game of Thrones so that people weren't going, who's that? <laughs> I, I guess. Like my dad, who was just once like, I tried to watch Bat, there were too many people. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a lot of people. It's like, yeah, if you don't know what's going on, it's like a lot. And they all look exactly <laughs> the same. Um, that'll probably, there'll be something with that in Dune. There's going to be someone who'll be like, is that this person or is that that? It's like, no, no, <laughs> that's not that person at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, maybe they'll do some stunt casting for all the teeny boppers. Yeah, that'd be fun. Ariana Grande. <laughs> Selena Gomez. <laughs> I'd watch this is it. Just the cast of Sc- Scream Queens. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. I mean, yeah, let's get... Um, oh, gosh. What's her name? Actually, Ariana Grande would kind of work for the character in this because that's sort of the way that her sort of Ariana Grande like baby voice thing mm-hmm. is supposed to be how this this girl is talking the whole time yeah and you know just we haven't gotten to that yet but like the Jessica there's a point where they talk about violence and she's basically like I don't like violence ew <laughs> people are always just being like they're insulting each other and then they fight and it's really terrible it makes me sad and Jessica's like who the it's like, who wait a minute, do you she's think, faking it. This who do you fake. think you're fooling? <laughs> <laughs> she is totally not buying it. <laughs> uh, so people people keep walking in. Uh, we get an extra person that Leto did not know about. Which, yes. oh, also, the custom in Arrakis is that everyone else goes into dinner and then the host and hostess go in last. So they're waiting so they can have a lot of conversation while they're waiting. Well, the thing is, is that when Jessica came in with that save about, you know, we're putting the conservatory or whatever into trust for the people of Arrakis, you know, she's kind of like smiling up at Leto and he's thinking, oh, thank God. But then like as soon as she's so she's like feeling kind of, you know, a thaw. And then as soon as she says, you know, should we break this, that custom too? He's back to me. He's like, no, <laughs> he's such a jerk. And it's like, and then he's, then he's all like, I have to, like the illusion has to be maintained. And yeah. He's looking at everyone and he's like, does everyone believe this? Is everyone buying it? And it's like, you know, it's just the worst. It makes me so mad. And she's thinking to herself, you know, I don't know what is going on. He knows mm-hmm. we had to throw this party. 
you know, is, is he pissed because they said we had to throw a dinner party because he knows mm. we have to. Like, you know, and then meanwhile, Leto's thinking about how, you know, when Thufer, when he told Thufer they had this party and he was just like, I forbid it. <laughs> and then it had been a big scene, apparently. And it's just like, oh, shut up. <laughs> um, so... Oh, there is a point. It's just poor Paul has to. He's walking the still suit maker's daughter into dinner, and mm-hmm. she's like taller than him. <laughs> just a, a wee lad. Yeah. Uh, and he gives his dad like a Ugh. look. Yeah, uh, he's throwing his dad a lot of shade in this. Uh... Yeah. And also, like, he has to know that he's got to be like, polite. And that's part of the reason that they. And so in the miniseries, they add this mm-hmm. scene because they thought it was strange that. Arulin just sort of shows up at the end. Mm-hmm. So they, I think it was they wanted to make it like now they kind of they know each other. But yeah. again, that doesn't necessarily work very well when Paul is clearly not supposed to be fifteen, but is yeah, like hi, I'm I'm Alec Newman and I'm young. <laughs> I'm a teen, right? Sure. At this awkward party, talking to this other teen, and they're both going, "Hello, we are teens," and you're just like, mm-hmm. "Okay, yeah, okay, calm down." So I, I like that at least this, you know, she's taller than him because they're 15 and mm-hmm. that's how it is sometimes. Um, Then there's, so there's a person that Paul, that not Paul, that Lido doesn't recognize and it is a smuggler mm-hmm. that Gurney arranged to invite. Yes. Um, uh, Thufer well, cleared Jessica's... it. He's a real dick about it. Cause yeah. Because Jessica's like, you know, Gurney suggested it. He's like, ugh. Gurney suggested it, like getting on Jessica's case about it. Like, calm down. Uh, his name is Esmar Tuick. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows him, and Lido's like, well, "Why is he here?" She's yeah, it's like because everyone will be like, "Wow, why is he here?" Yeah, because he's powerful. He's like has a lot of influence, and she wants people to think that. But also, she wants to like be friends with him because he has fast ships. And if they need to escape and get off the planet, like, she thinks maybe this is, like, a Hail Mary kind of thing. And she's just sort of thinking, like, can't you get this? Like, don't you get what <laughs> is I'm trying to accomplish here? Like, come on. Yeah. No, he's it, babe. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, why don't you invite any Fremen? Like, okay, why don't you invite any Fremen? When has she met any Fremen <laughs> other than the servants? Well, she said Kynes is here. But it's just, like, the audacity of him to be like, why aren't there any Fremen? Mm-hmm. Notice you didn't invite any Fremen. Like, well, okay, you invite some Fremen. You've met all the Fremen. Yeah. I would love it if Stilgar showed up. It'd yeah. Be very awkward. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Incredibly awkward. Um. So they all they finally walk into dinner. She goes to her end of the table. Um. And then he he seats her and then goes to his end and then he's just standing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh god. Waiting, and he's just standing there. And Jessica looks at him and she's like, oh, he's mad. Mm. Uh-oh. And then he starts saying, well, okay, some of you are pissed that I changed the custom about the basin. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the way it is. <laughs> uh, everything's, like, lots of stuff is going to change. And I'm going to toast to you. Yes. And his toast starts, here I am and here I remain. Jessica's like, oh, mm-hmm. God, they think he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're toasting with water. Yeah. This is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he says business makes progress fortune, pa fortune passes everywhere which is i guess like a popular maxim everyone drinks and everyone's just kind of like right. okay now then what? he calls for gurney to come and play his battle set so then we start hearing about some of the food there's roast yep. hair and sauce mm -hmm. Words that I don't know if they're real or not, so I don't want to butcher them because <laughs> it might be real food that I just am not familiar right. with. Right. Uh, spiced coffee. Sounds and good. And some sparkling wine. Always always a plus mm -hmm. in my mind. No. I tried to look up this pot aoi and Google is like pot pie. I'm like, I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> they're all mm, eating pot chicken pie. pot pie. Uh, but anyway, so they have a lot of really good food. <laughs> Right. So they have oh uh, yeah, they have some delicacies of both Arrakis and Caledon cuz for dessert they have that special rice. Yeah, puffy that puffy rice, but it's sweet or something. Mhm. Mm yeah. Like, okay. like a sweet like a rice I like was a rice imagining pudding, like yeah. a rice pudding, yeah. Which is delicious. Yeah, exactly. So, like bring that on. Yeah, um, please. So then so everyone's still sitting there or standing there. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell because He's still... It seems like he's still standing, right? He's still standing. I think they're all seated because everyone's kind of looking at their food. Right. Like, can, can we eat? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> then he says that he can't sing because in olden right. times, it was the duty of the host to entertain his guests with his own talents. His knuckles <laughs> turned white so fiercely did he grip his water flagon. I cannot sing, but I give you the words of Gurney's song. Consider it another Thanks. toast, a toast to us all who have died bringing us to this station. And everyone is just like, mm, I'm uncomfortable. Um, so he basically recites this song. Mm -hmm. It's There's a lot going on. It sounds like it would be a terrible mm -hmm. song. Yeah. Just, just to put that out there. And then he just drinks he takes a drink from his water and like slams the cup down everyone else drinks <laughs> and then he he pours out half of the rest of the water onto the floor and everyone is just like ah what <laughs> so jessica does it too mm -hmm. uh everyone is just kind of like what the heck is happening but kinds this made me laugh yeah kinds just dumps the water into like a container that he has in his jacket and when he yeah. sees Jessica looking at him he just like grins at her like yep <laughs> waste not what not yeah. <laughs> which I don't blame him what a waste no. <laughs> it's such a strange like what a strange statement to yeah make. like what are you doing yeah no one knows how to like what to do about this like no one knows how to take it there's a lot of you know murmuring nervous laughter mm -hmm. Um, and then finally he's just like, let's eat dinner. <laughs> Gurney's still just like playing his music. Like, Hey guys, it's a party. Yeah. Um, anyway, here's Wonderwall. It's <laughs> like, Oh, good. Uh, so they all start talking and mm -hmm. eating their dinner. Uh, he's the, the still suit manufacturer makes some statement about how he's so happy that the food doesn't have spice in it because he gets so tired of it mm -hmm. which is just like ugh. really dude <laughs> and then the guild bank representative just starts right in with dr kynes about the spice the spice factory crawler that was lost right um 
And the banker's just like, oh, so it's true. And the Duke's like, yes, it's true. <laughs> the carryall didn't show up. Right. There's obviously something wrong with this. And he's just like a real bitter Betty. Mm-hmm. He's just like, mm. But Jessica realizes that the banker is working for the Harkonnens. And I don't remember exactly what it was that gave her that insight, but maybe the fact that this dude is like, knows exactly which questions are going to rile everybody up. I don't know. It's, she has a flashback Mm. to learning like her espionage class back at Betty Jesuit school. Oh, right, right. And how you learn like someone's speech patterns. And Mm -hmm. she realizes that the banker has a Getty Prime speech pattern. Mm -hmm. That he's hiding it, but that he has it. Yeah. Which I guess then every single person from Getty Prime is... (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know it's probably just that you would probably not want to hide it you'd be like oh right oh i'm from getty prime but i'm nice right it's kind of like an american now going to europe (laughs) and just being like uh yeah i mean i'm from there but uh no i promise i'm cool (laughs) it's it's similar to how the planets are always used in something like star wars or like battlestar galactica mm-hmm. where you could be from a city on a specific planet but if you were from a whole planet everyone was just like oh okay yeah you're from there and it's like, like well damn oh you're okay. from geminon oh <laughs> yeah to be fair that usually meant yeah from geminon but it was like you know oh, I'm but from Toron, from and they geminon. were like oh you're like in the mafia <laughs> you're right. from that there mafia planet Battlestar <laughs> um, Galactica was a wacky show. <laughs> it really was, and I miss it every day. Oh, totally. Um, and so the banker just starts talking about birds. Oh yeah, Ugh, this and about because she's thinking she's like, okay, he's a Harkonnen agent, mm-hmm. and she's gonna make, he's gonna change the conversation, and he's gonna say something that seems innocuous but isn't. And the first right. thing he says is that. The birds on Arrakis all eat flesh, and a lot of them drink blood. Which, what? wow, innocuous. There's <laughs> not how a bird drink blood. Yeah. What? Okay. I mean, I, I've seen birds do horrible things. I have total well, bird Yes. Fear, but. <laughs> I once saw a bird murder another bird by oh, no. dive bombing him in front of a car. I once saw a swan eat a baby rabbit. So... Swans are the worst. They're terrifying. They're made by the devil. <laughs> I won't hear anything about it. Yeah, I was driving to work and there were two birds and they were like fighting and then one just dive bombed the other and knocked him in front of a truck. And it was like, oh my God. And then there was definitely a moment where I went and I was at a, a, a stoplight and the driver of the truck and I like looked at each other. We had this moment of like, a bird just murdered someone and we saw mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> what if he saw us? Ah. What if you got my license plate? <laughs> uh, so then the still seat manufacturer's daughter, which is such, that sounds like some kind of like old movie. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it has no name. She is seated between Paul and her father, just kind of does like a ew face and says, <laughs> I'm going to say this because, oh God. Yeah. Oh, Susu, you say the most disgusting thing. It's Susu. <laughs> And then the banker's like, they call me Susu because I'm financial advisor to the Water Peddlers Union. And Jessica's just like staring at him. And I was like, without comment. She's like, mm-hmm. 
and the water caller, caller, the water sellers cry, Susu Suk. Yeah. And so everyone just calls him Susu, and she's just like, oh my god, how charming! Guy. Wow. <laughs> like, <sighs> what a great guy. And she realizes that the young woman only said mm-hmm. that because it was clearly pre-planned. Like, yeah, you know, like he's gonna say something about birds <laughs> drinking blood. Yeah, this is kind of when she figures out that. Uh, the girl is acting that she's mm-hmm. not actually, you know, she's her reactions are all very carefully like planned and staged. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Paul is just sort of like, okay, something's going on here. He realizes this guy. He, I don't think he he doesn't get as much as his mother because he doesn't have that training, but he gets that he's mm-hmm. not telling the truth. Uh, so right. he says, you know, or do you mean the birds are cannibals? And the banker's like, well, that's a strange question because I said they drink blood and it doesn't mean that they drink bird blood. Mm-hmm. And right. Paul goes, it was not an odd question. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> uh, and so Paul points out that, you know, it's most important, like, the big, like, it's, what is it? It's something about... Uh, most educated people know that the worst potential competition for any young organism can come from its own kind. And then he takes his fork and takes some food from the person next to him's plate and eats it. Yeah. <laughs> like She's this. like, oh, he's, Jessica's like, oh, my kid's being cocky. This is not good. And then the banker's just like, who's this kid? <laughs> <laughs> who's this kid? This Hashtag, is what that book kid? I know this book should have just been called "Who Is This Kid." Um, and Lido says, "Do not make the error of considering my son a child." And everyone's just like, "Oh <laughs> boy!" Kynes and the smugglers super into it. They're just like, "Yeah, talking to this <laughs> yeah. guy." Kynes has decided like he is. He's uh, you know, when it comes to Paul, he must stand. Yeah, because oh my god, he is a fan. Yeah, he's like, well, it's actually a really rule. It's a rule of ecology and he explained it really well and he gets it because that's Mm -hmm. exactly how it works blood's an efficient energy source and the banker's like oh so i I hear the fremen drink blood Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like oh good now we're just getting into the racism right and so he like very patiently kind of describes what actually happens for uh jessica and then Mm -hmm. it's like and that's all we have to say about the matter let's what were we talking about before and he's just like, I like how Kynes has the best manners of everyone. Everyone yes. keeps trying to like lure him into these like go. I mean, into these even the host, he has better manners than Paul and Lido, that's for sure. <laughs> and he's just like, well, this is not an appropriate conversation to have at dinner. Mm-hmm. I apologize for what has ha- what has just occurred. I mean, also part of it is like I suspect that you are maybe a messiah, right? It's your mom, <laughs> but still, not cool. Uh, but he says, you know. He was telling you lies and I couldn't stand. So hence mm. I had to discuss things like so what he tells them is that, you know, the Fremen don't drink the blood, but that when a person mm-hmm. dies, his water belongs to his people. That's really all right, we hear about to it. The tribe. You know, they don't get into it, but I think we can all use our imaginations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the banker calls him out, says, you know, you've associated so long with Fremen, you've lost all sensibilities. And Kynes is like, oh, are you challenging me? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> the banker is terrified of him, which Jessica keeps noting yeah. and is not entirely sure why. But it is pretty great that every time this banker tries something, Kynes is like, mm, I'm right here. And the guy's like, oh. Yeah, he's not having any of it. 
Enough uh, with she, your mischief. She also realizes that he, that Kynes and the smuggler are clearly they have some kind of connection uh, because mm-hmm. she notices that the smuggler is watching what like watching Kynes for a sign, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone just keeps eating. There's a lot of eating. Everyone's just there. You know, some rabbit tongue shows up. <laughs> yeah, rabbit tongue and special sauce. Well, it's gonna uh, stay with me. Still, for the manufacturer rest of the day. keeps asking for recipes. He's that guy. Yeah. Well, oh, it's so good. You have to give me the recipe. And she's like, uh huh. Yeah, great. Yeah, sure. Of course. <laughs> uh, so they talk a lot about more about water and how mm-hmm. precious it is. And he says, you know, she, so she realizes that Kynes is sort of saying that if there was more water, that, mm-hmm. you know, Arrakis could survive. Like, Arrakis could grow. Yeah. And Butte is like, no, uh uh-uh, uh, no, it couldn't. <laughs> It can only have uh, just the right amount of water that it has right now, which is the best amount, and people will pay me for it, and that's the best way. But he also says that Kynes has, uh, you know, he's like the Fremen in that he dreams about messiahs. Kynes is like, hmm. No, no, I don't. What are you talking about? Uh, No, not me. Never. Which uh, it, do, it does kind of surprise me. I mean, this and this is just me because, I don't know, maybe I watched too much Lost. But it's sort of like that um, he is like, you know, a man of science. So it does seem like interesting to me that he was so quickly, you know. And he's not native Fremen. Like he's he's from another planet and he came to, the, to Arrakis to study the planet and went native you know he became a fremen yeah so he wasn't born into this but he is awfully quick to just like jump to onto this um messiah thing yeah which surprises me i mean i'm not complaining about it but it, it was kind of the more i thought about it, the more i was like huh you would think that someone that's like a scientist would want a little more evidence he's half fremen his dad was the previous planetologist, and he married oh, a Fremen Oh, so he woman. was born on Arrakis. Yes. Okay. Well, then never mind. Yeah, it kept... Scratch it was everything like, I just said. It was, like, kicking the back of my head, because I know he's, he's Chani's dad. Yeah. Um. So, like, you know, her mother is obviously Fremen, but then I was like, I feel like he's also Fremen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember where that comes from. I think I probably just read that on Wikipedia. I don't remember if it's ever really mentioned. Maybe Chani mentions it later. Mm-hmm. Who knows what she's up to? She's Zendaya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zendaya. I apologize. I have mispronounced it. Um, so they talk some more about water. And if Arrakis, could there be more more water? You know, could, could Arrakis mm-hmm. be changed? And... He tries to put it off, like, Kynes tries to put it off, because uh, Butte is like, there's just not enough water. Like, right. It's just the way it is. And Kynes is like, well, he, you're the expert. Like, I'm just going to eat my dinner. And the Dukes is like, no. I want an answer. <laughs> is there enough water? Yeah. And Kynes is like, eh, maybe. Yeah. He's very shifty about it. And they get into, like, describing, um, and I don't remember the words, I'm sorry, but there is sort of like one word which means like like a well of water, like a cache of water, and then something else where you can drink water through a straw or something. Um, but those, you know, like everything else, have their own words. 
And he, you know, the words come up and Jessica is curious about it, but she can tell he's like lying and evading, mm -hmm. really answering the question. So. Yeah, because she realizes that Kynes kind of feels like he's said too much. And mm -hmm. so he tries to backtrack and say, well, I mean, there there might be enough water. I don't know. And Jessica's like, yeah, he doesn't mean it. And Paul's like, yeah, that he's lying too. And there is enough water, but he doesn't, but Kynes mm -hmm. doesn't want people to know. People laugh at the prophecies of Messiah's line. And this is this mm -hmm. is such a strange, like, so people laugh when Butte says that Kynes, like, dreams with the Fremen. And it's mm -hmm. the smuggler laughs. The daughter laughs. Duncan Idaho mm -hmm. laughs. And then the madam laughs. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and I get that for Duncan, it's because he knows who Kynes is and, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And the smuggler as well. But it's just, I I mean, I feel like the still suit manufacturer's daughter is probably just doing like a, <laughs> that's right. funny. I love dinner. <laughs> um, then Shut the Duke, up, you airhead. The Duke gets uh, called out uh, by one of yes. these men. Comes urgent and business. Urgent, urgent business, and he has to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Duke is... I get that he's just trying to be like, I have to go deal with this. Everyone have fun. But he's basically like, everyone stay here. Yeah, he's very stern. <laughs> Paul, yeah. you're the host now. Everyone sit down. Oh, great. <laughs> stay seated. Gurney, sit where Paul was. We have enough people at dinner going. Like, whoa. All right. Uh, he also uses, like, uh, he's, we hear again how Gurney's ugly, by the way. He looks out mm, of yeah, place thank, he's thank so you. ugly. I was I was wondering when we were gonna get reminded of the fact that invited this ugly. I was dinner. really starting to to have a crush on Gurney there. <laughs> I'm glad that we've sorted that out. That he's just too ugly to love. Uh, <laughs> the Gurney Halleck story. Uh, it's so um, ridiculous. So the Duke the Duke says that, you know, he he's there's no need for alarm. I'm just gonna go check and make sure everything's safe and then we can all leave shortly. And I guess mm -hmm. there's like code words in there. Um, yes. So that Paul and Jessica and like Gurney and Duncan all realize that he's he, he's not saying they're under attack, just that there's something that he has to go take care of. Mm-hmm. Uh everyone just starts eating dinner again. Um so then the banker decides to start some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. He picks up his water and he talks to the water shipper and he's just like, you have like, oh, no one can beat you in flowery phrases. Um, one might almost assume he aspired to great house status and then lead us in a toast. Yeah. Perhaps you've a dollop of wisdom for the boy who must be treated like a man, which is just like, okay. Uh, Gurney and Duncan exchange some hand signals. Mm -hmm. uh, some guards just sort of start moving around. And so then Paul just is like, I'm going to tell my own awkward story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, geez. This so, was, woof. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. He says, okay. once on Caladan, I saw the body of a drowned fisherman recovered. He... And then the daughter, drowned? Yeah, he has to explain what drowned is. What an interesting way to die. <laughs> He's just like, uh-huh, great. Anyway, so 
<laughs> the interesting thing about this man was the wounds on his shoulders made by another fisherman's claw boots. This fisherman was one of several on a boat, and then he explains what a boat is and what, <laughs> what a boat sinking is. Uh, another fisherman helping recover the body said he'd seen marks like this man's wounds several times. They meant another drowning fisherman had tried to stand on this poor fellow's shoulders in the attempt to reach up to the surface to reach air. And the banker says, why is this interesting? <laughs> Which I would love to say at some dinners I've been at. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, and then he says, because of an observation made by my father at the time, he said the drowning man who climbs on your shoulders to save himself is understandable, except when you see it happen in the drawing room. He goes, and I should add, except when you see it at the dinner table. Jessica's <laughs> just like, oh, oh kid, boy. what do you do? Who is this kid? Like, oh, no. I mean, it's my kid, but who is this kid? And then the smuggler just starts losing it laughing. He's yes, like, that he was thinks great. it's the funniest thing in the world, which I enjoy. Uh, Kynes is also into it. The banker's just like, oh, is it a treaty's custom to insult their guests? And Jessica's just like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, my son displays a general garment and you claim it's cut to your fit, which I like. Yeah. That is also a code, apparently. Yeah. Using the word garment, garment. means like yeah. you're ready for some shit. She's got her hand on her Chris knife, which she has strapped to her leg. Very boss. Yes. And, uh, and Duncan Idaho, too. Duncan and Gurney are both like, okay. Like they're tensing. They're like getting ready to spring should anything, you know, also, should... how good are you at spying if you don't know she's got a knife? Mm, right. Duncan. <laughs> Will my feud of Duncan Idaho ever end? Uh, it's really a love-hate relationship, it really isn't is. it? It really, really <laughs> is. Uh, everyone is just hand signals, hand signals, hand signals. Right. <laughs> Here they all are. <laughs> I would lose track. It would be like baseball. Um, so then the smuggler does a toast, and it's to Paul... And Jessica's like, okay, mm -hmm. why is everyone, like, interfering with this? Like, I was about to start some shit. <laughs> and she realizes that, the, the, she realizes again that the banker's afraid of Kynes, and that when Kynes speaks, people listen. And so mm -hmm. she's just like, okay, who is this guy? Yeah. Uh, she says, you know, it can't be because he's judge of the change. That's temporary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's certainly not because he's a civil servant. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just like, picturing like you know a postal postal employee or something I'm a civil servant sir yeah um, so everyone's just like alright she she lifts her glass to, to Kynes and he does it back um, I just love all of them in this, this scene like they're constantly just like lifting their glasses and he's <laughs> just like how you doing I'm taking this water <laughs> it's kind of cute, I think. It kind of is, actually. Yeah. Well, could have been something. Yeah, they could have been good friends. Um. So then she does have a moment where she's like, "Oh, Susu." <laughs> <laughs> We're all thinking that Lady Jessica. We we nobody likes Susu. Paul is sad because he was handling it fine, and he doesn't know why everyone's interfering. Mom, you're embarrassing me. And then this is when Gurney says, well, you know, in our society, people shouldn't be quick to take offense. And he asks, you know, the daughter if she agrees. And that's when she's just like, there's too much violence. It makes me sick. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense. And Jessica's mm -hmm. like, oh, this is an act. Like, <laughs> and she realizes that, you know, then she realizes that Gurney has also realized that they were going to use her to kind of lure Paul with sex. Uh, 
And I was like, her her son probably hadn't been the first, had probably been the first to see it. His training hadn't overlooked that obvious gambit. It's like, well, okay, but he's 15. I'm sure he probably <laughs> initially noticed that this girl was probably just like, hi. Yeah. How are you? I'm a beautiful idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. doesn't that, does that do something for you? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Mm. The banker just then, then he says he's, he's drunk. Mm -hmm. He does the old, uh. Wine, it's so strong. It's making me run my mouth off. Oops. Like, okay. Jessica's like, yep, sure. Great. Fine. Whatever I'll you say. Move on. Uh then oh yeah, because see they say there's the dark haired companion of the steel suit manufacturer. So he did bring mm -hmm. two. He brought his daughter and he brought this other lady. Yeah. And she says, you know, that she doesn't mean she hopes that there's not going to be any more fighting. And Jessica realizes that she has also been told what to say. Mm -hmm. um, I I do kind of like the little note. So earlier when Jessica first spoke to this woman, she had noted that she hadn't eaten anything. And she said she mm -hmm. wasn't hungry. And then after she kind of says that piece, uh, she then she's like, I'll eat something now. Because it's like she was clearly so hepped up about like, <laughs> I got to say this thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> and now I'll eat. So they start talking about the spice and where they find it. Um, and that not many people, Kind says that a lot, a lot of people go to the South Desert because you basically, you die. Everyone dies. Mm. Uh, too harsh. It's just too much. Yeah. They, there's a, a legend that there's a great mother load of spice in the South, mm -hmm. but he, he thinks that that's just, they, someone made that up for a song. Yeah, it's not real. Gurney's just like, ooh, giant motherload of spice. I'm writing this down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blue eyes for everyone. <laughs> uh, Butte is just like, well, speaking with his mouth full, by the way, yeah. says that, you know, they, people say that the Fremen travel there. And this is when he mentions that they find all the, the soaks and sip wells. Yes, that was what. Thank yeah, you. that's what you were talking about. Yes. So a soak is where water seeps up to the surface, mm -hmm. uh, and then a sip well is, I guess, kind of soak, but you can put a straw in it and like just mm -hmm. drink from the earth. Uh, but that that's again just legends. Like they're people, they happen on other planets, but they don't happen on Arrakis. And Jessica's mm -hmm. just like, yeah, he's. And I like that they have the the differences here between what Jessica's able to do in terms of truth truth telling and what mm -hmm. um, Paul can do, because Jessica's just like, well, he. He's not telling the truth. And Paul's just like, yeah, he's lying. Mm -hmm. Why is he lying? Uh, so, <laughs> Kynes does tell Paul there are many sayings on Arrakis, which is like the I mean, that's true enough. <laughs> subtitle of this novel. Right. Uh, and then a servant comes in with a note from the Duke saying that everything is fine. Everything's settled. They found mm -hmm. the missing carryall. There was a Harkonnen agent in the crew, and he overpowered everybody and flew the carryall to a smuggler's base, wanting to sell it. Mm. And that he and the machine were both turned over to them. And she nods at the smuggler, Tuik, because it was clearly like him. And he's just like, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so everyone's just like, yay, hooray. And she's like, okay, yeah, here comes the rice pudding. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and this is again where... The steel suit manufacturer mentions about getting the recipes, and she re decides to remember him to mention Jafufer because she says he's a little social climber. Yeah. 
Uh, she also thinks about a coded part of the message, which was that the Harkonnens were trying to smuggle in a shipment of Lay's guns, which they, yeah. all, which they captured. But that might mean that they have managed to get other shipments in. Yeah, so this is important because apparently, you know, Lay's guns, when they interact with shields, like it's a huge, everything goes boom. Mm -hmm. Shit goes boom. And it's really dangerous. Um, and of course, you know, the whole how you know Arakeen is shielded like they're uh residents or whatever is shielded and they're also like walking around with their shield belts on all the time so there's like a high potential of blowing stuff up so yeah like why would they be doing that knowing that they would just be causing this massive explosion mm -hmm. it's because they don't give a fuck <laughs> and so she's like i don't like all these unknowns yeah and then my favorite part of this entire chapter <laughs> is the very end. Oh, it's so good. Where Paul says, I never doubted we'd find the carry-all. Once my father moves to solve a problem, he solves it. This is a fact the Harkonnens are beginning to discover. And Jessica thinks he's boasting. He shouldn't boast. No person think... who will be sleeping far below ground level this night as a precaution against Lay's guns has the right to boast. Right. That was <laughs> so good. Oh, Jessica. So mom. I just want to like live in your head for just a while. Just like, yeah, talk a big talk, kiddo. You are sleeping <laughs> in the basement tonight. Right. <laughs> oh, man. What a great way to end this. Uh, this we're sleeping in the cellar. Yeah. And not with a lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No You'll be sleeping with Gurney you. looking over you. No. Yeah. We all know how that goes. I also, and I mean that like entirely seriously. Mm -hmm. That is a terrible plan because how in the world w was she going to take Paul to like a corner somewhere and seduce him? Like he's not allowed <laughs> to be in corners. Right. He has people watching him <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Like there's, this is not a good. You know, obviously, I, I guess they were maybe assuming that he would just request it or he would, mm -hmm. you know, figure out a way. But this kid is never allowed to be by himself. <laughs> no, never. There's He's always not... got a gurney or a thufair with him. A Duncan. I mean, like, there's this is not a very good plan. No. Um, also, you know, he was clearly not too enamored of her. And a little annoyed that she was taller than him. Mm-hmm. Which he's just going to have to get over. Because that's the way it is, Paul. Sorry. I don't think you ever get much taller. You're not ever really described as being super tall. I don't believe. No. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. That's just well, too bad. Yeah. I mean, short man syndrome would explain a lot of his future behaviors. <laughs> um... But yeah, so that is the chapter. That is the dinner party. Yes. And that it sounds in. like uh, I, I listened, you know, a little bit into the next chapter. Sounds like we have some action next chapter. Well, the next chapter is, is good. Yeah. It's one of my favorite scenes. Mm hmm. Is it coming up next chapter? Oh, yeah. Uh, two, actually. I'd forgotten that something else happens in that chapter where I was like, this is the best chapter in this entire <laughs> book. Wow, so much is going on. Yeah. And it's all cool. And unfortunately, that will not last. Because <laughs> things are revving up. We are reaching our, our the second half of it, basically. Yeah, so, so we're, we'll be getting into book two soon, won't we? I believe so. Yeah. 
So we um, would like to hear, as always, from you, listener. Tell us what you think so far. Are you still reading along? Um, you know, what do you want to see happen if you haven't read this book before? If this is all new to you, mm-hmm. like, where do you see it going? I'm really curious about people that haven't read it, you know, don't really have, like, really the 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 full picture of what this book is because just seeing the movie you're missing a lot mm-hmm. yeah and you can do that by reaching out to us on our facebook page uh on our twitter feed we're uh, at weirding pod i think on twitter yes um on instagram at weirding podcast i think all different th- all I different know, handles for everything Hopefully the world would just give us weirding pod just weirding yes. pod on instagram and yeah. yes we have the butterfly dresses there yay <laughs> uh and you get to see all of our dune cards yes or well your dune cards where are my dune cards right Hold um on a so <laughs> well they wouldn't all fit in the square oh that's you know, right instagram I had to do a fancy um, layout but speaking of the cards so when I bought those Dune uh, trading cards from the the movie, um, I bought a pack for you, a pack mm. for me, and I bought a pack to give away. So I think this is as good a time as any. Yeah. yeah to host a giveaway for uh, for these amazing 1983 vintage yes. Dune trading cards. They're a lot of fun. You get free gum. <laughs> I wouldn't advise chewing it, but you get you it. Will not be held responsible in any capacity <laughs> if you chew this gum and anything happens to you. Yeah. So yes. I think the only rule is submit a review, and then let us know you submitted a review. Yeah. And you know we'll choose the one that uh, I'll choose one at random to make it fair. Yeah, we can like count how many there are and yeah, do a random number. Mm-hmm. I see people doing that on the YouTube's. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> super cool and with it paul yeah. would have a youtube channel oh for sure for sure i kind of worry about what kind of kid paul would be if he was around like now um i have concerns yeah i mean he does have a good like strong female influence in his life but he is also very entitled yeah i mean i think <laughs> you know that's just I, uh, let's just say that I think his change in circ. Well, I would say his change in circumstances helps with that, but it yeah. sort of becomes more entitled because mm-hmm. he's literally a messiah. Right. Dang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you played yourself. Uh, well, I mean, Chani <laughs> doesn't take a lot of his shit. No, that's true. Uh, it's that. why I like her so much as a character. Yeah. No, she's she's good. She's yeah. good for him in that capacity. Yeah, I feel like it's really the women in his life that keep him, like, grounded and... Yeah, no, know. very much so. I mean, especially Jessica and, Ch- and Chani, so... Yeah, yeah, not... Yeah. If only he would listen to yeah. women in his oh, life. Oh, boy. Any of them. Any number <laughs> of them. I'm just thinking of this list where it's like, nope, nope, right. and also no, and no. <sighs> but, uh Yeah. So that'll be exciting because the cards are very cool because, mm-hmm. again, they are vintage and they're that great that we've lost this now, this the movie cards where 
some of them are just the most ridiculous. Like, why is there even, why is there a behind the scenes photo of this? Like, why is there this? And they're all captioned. Yeah. There's like little captions for all of them that are kind of great. And some of them are kind of funny. Um, I got my husband some for, uh, from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And some of those are like, you know, scenes from the movie where you're like, oh, that's cool. And then some of them are literally just like, you know, Edward Furlong, like sitting down. And it's like John Connor having a moment. You're like, oh, great. (laughs) I'm glad this is commemorated forever on a card. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's only going to appreciate and value. (laughs) Like, wow. When I say vintage, listener, I mean like vintage unopened pack. Yes. Completely unopened. Pristine. Don't know what's in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might be super cool. or It might just be all like the Beast or Band. And then that's yeah. what you have at your house. Probably. I had a, a few of him, yeah. I don't I think I got any of him. Um, I, got my well, I had one sticker. of just him, and I have one of him, like, taunting Dr. Kynes. <laughs> yeah. So. What everyone wants. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so I think that should wrap it, wrap us up for the week. I think it will. Yeah, this was such a long chapter, and I'm very hungover. So, <laughs> so thank you for bearing. Coffee. Yes, I do. So thank you for bearing with me, Megan, of and course. listeners. Yes, we will see you next time. See you next time. My classic catchphrase: See you next time. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> and I'll see you again. <laughs> <laughs>